Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about some fun things. We're going to talk about the Bixby to Elephant Rock ride in Missouri. Also, we're going to talk about female motorcycle clubs, the origins of them and where they stand today. Also, so you think you want to start your own club? Well, we're going to have some thoughts about that as well. So stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, one of the greatest times to ride the Ozarks is springtime. Thing is, everybody is out riding and driving. Two wheels, four wheels, be sure to put Brad Bradshaw's phone number, 417-333-3333, in your phone. More folks out riding and driving means more opportunities for accidents. They may be taking pictures of the foliage with their phones and not watching out for you. In fact, you better believe that that's exactly what they're doing. Well, Brad's a physician, surgeon, and a lawyer, a trifecta. So after the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Remember, save his number, 417-333-3333. You know, riding the long, lonesome highway or back roads aren't always the smoothest. Hitting the occasional pothole or rut can take a toll on your ride. So whether it has two wheels or four, keep Heartland Honda in Springdale in mind. They can service and repair your on-road or off-road vehicle. And when it's time for something new or pre-owned, Heartland Honda in Springdale can fix you up. Check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard. Play hard. Welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Jim Dandy Lewis from Bikeworks in Urbana, Missouri. Hello, sir. What it do, Mick? It do nothing, and that's just the way I want to keep it. <laughs> you had a good week so far? Yeah, man. Yeah, we're just starting on another one. So you got your Jameson with your umbrella and a straw? Hold the phone, home slice. Your chocolate chip cookies? Nothing goes with chocolate chip like Jameson. <laughs> like Jameson, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm not a big umbrella guy, but sure. But, whatever. you know, pink suits you. Hey, man, if it's free whiskey, it's free whiskey. You take it as it comes. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to talk about this episode, and hopefully somebody will find it mildly interesting. So we're going to talk about, uh, first of all, let's talk about the Bixby to Elephant Rocks ride in not really southern Missouri, it's eastern Missouri over in the Arcadia Valley. Yeah, yeah. Now you've been over there to uh, Elephant Rocks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And I hate to correct you, but it's pronounced Missouri. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the old timers around here. It's Missouri. And they get pissed if you say Missouri. <laughs> like you're a Yankee if you do. <laughs> I'm a sophisticated old timer. Okay, so it's Missouri. If it's going to make you happy, keep you from having to put on your big boy panties. <laughs> uh, we'll go with that. So this is a 45-mile ride. It's uh, along State Highway 32. Yeah. And also State Highway 49. Now, if you haven't been out there, do yourself a favor and try to go out there this summer and, and give it a try. State Highway 32 is 
a beautiful road. It really is. When you first start on the road, like say you're coming off of 44, it's not very impressive. But the further east you go, the better it gets. Oh my gosh, yeah, it is a fact. terrific ride. I think this is one of the best rides out there. I mean, you know, it comes so easy for me to say a lot of times, oh, this is the best this ride. Is the best. It's a great yeah. ride. Yeah. And and a lot of it is like children. <laughs> depending on which one is pleasing me that day it's the best dude that valley out there is just it's cool wonderful all the way through but so. it really is genuinely a great ride uh it's certainly top 10 rides in all the ozarks yeah, it really should be honestly missouri doesn't get a whole lot of street cred for having good rides you know it always goes to arkansas which exactly. is deserving exactly. but missouri can hold its own yeah, if you get out and venture out past what the mainstream people say is the best ride out there. Which is crap. Yeah, then you get to see all of these kind of hidden gems. And this is one of those hidden gems, in my opinion. You know, the Destination Elephant Rock, it's mesmerizing. These freaking ancient rocks that have come up. Like, it's just cool to go and see. And then on top of that, you get a dope-ass ride all the way out there. Yeah, tell them about Elephant Rocks. Because I've taken this ride quite a bit, but I've never actually stopped, got off my bike, and done the elephant rocks thing. My mistake, I should have, but yeah, you, you you've know. done it. So tell them about that. The, the family thing is what it, it's it, what it, it is. It really is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's in the Mark Twain National Forest. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, I mean, these rocks have been around since the beginning of time. They're you absolutely like 1.5 billion years old. Yeah. That's exactly. a while. It's a long time. So if you got a kid like mine that's talking about dinosaurs all the time, I'm like, oh, you can go see an alligator. That's a dinosaur or whatever. Like this is, these rocks were around then. So it's just kind of neat if you like being tied to the yesteryear or the origins or whatever, if you will. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things. A lot of people go there, the trail mix eating, khaki wearing people go there to, to walk the park. Maybe that's and, why I didn't get off my bike. Yeah, and you don't have young kids. But it, it's just kind of neat. There's a lot of amenities around there, but it's just one of those wonders. It's kind of like Stonehenge. It's like, how in the world did these things get to be in this spot, in this configuration? You There's know? a heck of a forklift. Yeah, is there is there aliens out here? What's going on? So if you get a chance, take the ride. Look it up on Ozark Rides on the Missouri Rides page. Flip through some of the pages there and you'll find Bixby to Elephant Rock. That's the one we're talking about. So do yourself a favor and ride that. Now let's get on to something much more important. Yeah. You know what I'm going to talk about. I do. Not being a female, there's going to be some people that says... How do you know? How do you know? What right do you have to talk about them? Look, no one's more interested in chicks than me. All right. That's it. And then when you combine them with motorcycles, it's like, what better combination is there? <laughs> Randy is on board. <laughs> I apologize to all the women listeners. No, you don't. It's not. You're just saying that so you don't get sued. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not to objectify you, ladies. We're not going to talk about uh, female riding clubs, good, bad, no. indifferent. No. We're just kind of historically what it's about. Now, the very first one, now I shouldn't say everybody, but... Most people that are into motorcycles have heard of uh, the first motorcycle club, the Motor Maids. Yeah, probably not the first existing, but the well, longest still ex- running. Yeah, yeah, that's still in existence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't actually have, and I spent an exhaustive amount of time looking things up about trying to find the very first official one. first one, yeah. and there is no record of it. The very first official one that they're claiming is the Motor Maids, which yeah. was established in 1940 right, uh, right. by a couple of ladies named Dot Robinson. And Linda, I'm probably going to beat up her name. It's a Dugu, D-U-G-E-A-U, Dugo, Dugau. Sure, it sounds French to me. Linda. (laughs) Listen, Linda. Yeah. 
Now, this is a big club still to this day. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. like 1,300 plus members. When they very first started out, it was like, what? I'm thinking like 53, 51. It took years for them to even get membership. Like, this wasn't just a, hey, tomorrow I'm going to start a motorcycle club. Oh, wait. Hey, look, we got all these members. You're talking about the 1940s. Tell me how many women had rights or it wasn't frowned upon to be doing no, stuff they took the them men. almost ten years through the AMA to get even permission to, to be yeah. uh, established. Yeah, you know, hats off. You talk about the American dream, in you know, if you're into a women rights activist and, and things like that. But I mean, in the motorcycle community, that's a huge, huge deal in the 1940s. I mean, it's a predominantly, you know, almost so to speak, outlaw motorcycle club life. Well, they were nothing. looked at yeah. as being. You want to do what? You, yeah. What are you? Were you from Mars or something? Right. Women don't ride. Right. Can you cook me dinner on that motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and cook my dinner. Exactly. And it, I hate it to this day. You know that that that's even a thought process of in, in people. And it was minds. so prevalent back then. Yeah. It was just. It was almost taboo for them to want to try to even do this. I would. I would have to assume. You know. Now these ladies stayed really close friends their whole lives. In fact. Um, Dot died in 1999, and mm. her friend Linda died just four months later. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. That is crazy, which is super, super rad, I think. You know, you got to think, I, I still think 2000s is, is being just like a year ago. I mean, we're, that's 20 yeah. years ago, relatively. Time but, goes by fast. Yeah, man. But like to see where it started at and then what it blossomed into and like say 99 and 2000 when they died, like... You've got to be super proud of yourself when you see that happen and see exactly. where, where it started and where it went to and all the shit that they had to go through to get and it to And they are a well-organized, well-oiled machine. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what I think is really dope about what's them. What's that? They still wear the same garb. The 1940s yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. garb with the old caps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the caps. Um, I think it's white and blue is what the white colors are. White and blue, like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. So I they, think that is really cool. It's very I do too. Yeah. rockabilly kind of. Yeah, it, that's what it is now. But, you know, when it started, the origins of it this was just normal. was just normal, you know. So I think that's just awesome. You know, hats off to them two ladies that started that because... I know a lot of dudes that don't have the cojones to go ahead and do something like that. And they went totally against the grain, against what was the status quo, basically said a big middle finger to everybody that said that they couldn't or shouldn't or wouldn't. That is exactly what they did. The big middle finger. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. Now, there are a lot of women clubs. We can't go into all of them. We just thought we'd touch base on two of them and kind of the uh, idea of women clubs. You know, somebody said, well, are there any 1% or women clubs? Negative. No. I don't want to say there never will be, but I doubt it. And I'm not even going to say And we'll say get that. into that later as to why. Yeah, and I won't even go into say that there aren't a couple of women clubs, small-knit communities that don't probably act or ride that way. But I'll be here to tell you that, unfortunately, men there, just— There are none. Now, the big outlaw clubs how, are how not going to have that. Yeah, how was it put? Yeah, Are there women riders? Yes. Are there women outlaws? Yes. Uh, yeah are there women outlaw clubs no No. (laughs) and we'll get into that later as to why yeah yeah, there's a hierarchy dude if you know anything about the outlaw life dude some of those women are probably more badass than some of the oh absolutely they'll take the fall you know nine times to ten times out of ten you know for something that's a good point that i want to make there are no women uh, one percent clubs not because they're not tough enough 
Yeah. It's just that's the way it is. Yep. It's just not it's because just they could black and white. Another club that I wanted to bring up started back in 83 in Florida called Leather and Lace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the founder was uh, Jennifer Chafin. Now, anybody that's in the motorcycle world knows about Jennifer. Yeah. And her husband, Bear Chafin, very well known. Very well known. 1% yeah. who was murdered. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the club and all that stuff like that. If you wanted to research it, do it yourself. But Leather and Lace is an MC down in Florida. And it is a group of riders that uh, they wanted to help children initially, and they wanted to help their causes. Membership over the years, of course, had grown slowly. They're a pretty large club. They have chapters in all over the place. I yeah. think, I'm not positive, but I think they even have chapters out of country. I would say so. I, yeah. I think so, yeah. So, you know, you've got all kinds of clubs that you can uh, become members of. Every club is an individual uh, club, so the process and the regulations for joining that individual club are all different. Yep. But there are some things that uh, are universal, which helps me segue just a little bit into, so you want to start your own motorcycle club. <laughs> that uh, I've gotten this a lot, uh, people saying, what do you have to do to start your own club? Yep. First question I will ask is, Why? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it what are what are your motivations is right, what i'm trying right, to say right, why exactly. do you want to start a club right now there are two different kind of clubs really there's rcs which are writing clubs mm -hmm. best way to describe that is probably just a group of guys or gals or mixed they, and match yeah they like to get together occasionally and go for a ride you're not yep. really established as a solid Club. A motorcycle club. Motorcycle club. The other side of it, the MC side. Then there's the MCs. Yeah. So let's touch base on the RCs first. Sure. There's not a lot that you really need to do. No. But you don't wear... A three-piece patch is what they call it, yeah. Yeah. You don't do that because that can get you a beat down. <laughs> For sure. If you run across the wrong people. For sure. So what we talk about with a three-piece or a one-piece patch is if you're into motorcycles, you've seen something on Outlaw Clubs. There's a top rocker, which is essentially your name. The middle is your logo, if you will. And then the lower is called your lower rocker. That's where you're representing, you know, what state, what county, whatever. It's it's almost always done in state. So in, in where you're based out of, like, say, California, there's a lot of different places. So they'll have, like... San Bernardino and things like that. They'll have right. some of those on them. Um, usually that's off to the side. But then a one-piece patch is usually basically your logo with your name on it. And if you don't want to run into a bunch of bullshit, put RC on it as opposed to MC. Then um, you're good to go. Yeah. Then then you kind of get the pass, if you will, until you start doing BS. That's but it needs to be said that you do not want to cross the line. Meaning, if you have established yourself, well, we'll just call ourselves an RC club, yeah. and but we'll run and act like an MC. Good. That will also love. get you a beat down. Yeah. Yeah. For don't sure. don't be what you're not. Here's what happens. Say you establish an RC or MC, whatever it is. The one percenters in your area, whether you're an RC or an MC, they're going to watch you. You're going to have a grace period where they're paying attention to what you're doing. And you think you're slick. They are slicker than slick. So well, they're going to watch you. a lot of time to they're, learn and do their yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah. They're going to background check you. They're going to check to see if what you say is legit. And if it's not, that's where you get the aforementioned meeting. Yeah, just a discussion. Yeah. Uh, now, let's slide into, so you want to start an MC. Mm-hmm. First thing you need to do is establish, as we said earlier, why would yes. you? What would be the difference in wanting to start an MC versus an RC? 
Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, brotherhood, a well-organized. It's an organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for a fact. Yeah. Now, you don't just go out and say, we got six of my friends and we're going to get us a uh, three-piece patch and make up a logo and start riding. Mm-hmm. That does not work. So you have to think about it like a job interview. There's a hierarchy here. There is. So what you need to do is start thinking about it as a job interview. Yeah. There you go. So what you have to do is you have to find the local MC, established MC, the dominant one. You might live in an area, depending on where you're listening, there might be two or three MCs. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You can't just go to one. You got to go to the one that is well-established to be the head dogs. And truthfully, I mean, without hesitation, you need to address all of them. Because yeah, say, but you start at the top. Yeah, say you have conflicting clubs. Two people think that they're the top dog and they're in some type of a rivalry, if you will. You're going to have to address both of them. That's right. So the first thing that you're going to need to do is get down with your group and set up some bylaws. Mm-hmm. What's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Rules of the road, if you will. Yeah. If you don't know what bylaws are... It's like, well, you talk about it being like a job interview. It's like having a business. When you go to apply for stuff or talk about anything, you know, a lender wants to know what's your business plan, Uh what's your goals, what's this, what's that. And that is essentially what they're going to ask for. I've known some clubbers that they'll take your name, your number, your social security number. They'll background check the shit out of you. And then what they're going to do is they want to see your written bylaws. They're also going to want to see your logo. Yep. They want to see what colors you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, how you want it to be presented. Exactly. Are you fancying yourself as a 1% club mm-hmm. or are you a mom and pop club? So you don't have to be a one percenter club or want to establish yourself as one to have to go get permission from the dominant club. To be a 1% club or anything like that, you're going to have to. There's no way around it, especially if you want to run that little diamond on your patch. That's right. But the right thing to do is if you're going to start an MC. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't consider yourself a one percenter, yeah, you still need to go and oh yeah. What I hate to say, bow to the throne and present your case. Kiss the ring, homie. Kiss the ring. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but that's the way it is. It sucks. And some it, people not- have said to me, you know what? I don't have to do that. I'm not going to bow to these people. I'm not going to do. It. We're not a one percenter club. Well, put on your big boy panties, suck it up. That's the way it is because the alternative. They'll find you. They'll find you. Right. You know, most of the time, it, and it's not like, I mean, these you're talking about 1% clubs, you know, you, uh, you have to understand what their thought process is. But say you start flying colors or patches out on rides and out in the public in their territory. They're going to want to, who are these guys? And you didn't address them first. They will literally stop you and interrogate you on the side of the road. And what are someone, you doing? Someone may get an ass beating, but somebody may not. You know, they're going to find you. They're going to f- come to you. And they're going to get this stuff straightened out before. Hey, who are you and what are you doing? Yep. And you can take the attitude of, I can do whatever the hell I want to do. This is America and blah, blah, blah. But you got to understand there's consequences for every action. So you don't follow the right channels. You don't follow the right, uh, so to speak, unwritten rules. They're going to find you and you're going to have a little bit of a headache coming your way if you don't do it. And the thing is, you don't have to be worried or afraid because if you're not a 1% club, you're just some regular guys that want to get together, but you still need to do this. If you have all of your ducks in a row, if you have your bylaws, your colors, your logo design, mm-hmm. and they may want you to change this or that, and you come at this prepared with all of the things that you are going to need, 
That shows a level of respect to the dominant club already established that, hey, we're taking this serious. Mm-hmm. We want to do this, but we want to do it right. Right. And, you know, a lot of the clubbers that I know, say you want to be an MC and you want to run rockers and you want to run patches and stuff in someone else's territory, if you will. A lot of them are like, you know, tell us what's going on, what your MO is, what all this is. It seems stupidly crazy, but you almost get a little bit of protection from the outside world in that area. When you, absolutely, you do that's the, the other side of the coin. You, you absolutely do the right do. thing. You address them. You say, hey, look, we're not, we're not stepping on any toes. We don't want to. This is all we are. This is all we're wanting to do. You know, but we want to show them a proper there. amount of respect and, exactly. and let you know what's going on. So when you see us, you don't, you know. Yeah. Get weirded out or whatever. Exactly. And almost always they're like, hey, you know, that's cool. This is what it is. This is what we require. And you just basically have an adult conversation with somebody. You're going to get treated with a lot of respect if you do yeah. the same. Exactly. When you don't do that is when you get treated like shit. And you're going to never. From their point of view, you're back. slapping us in the face. Yep. You'll never You're giving get us back. the finger. And we have a program for people that give us the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we can accommodate you either way. So that's what you've got to do. Now they may say, well, that's a pretty cool logo, but these colors aren't right because they conflict with this club or that club or what have you, you might consider changing the colors. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've done all of this and they get back to you, which they will, they'll give you a yes or no. Oh yeah. And they say, we're not cool with this. The answer is no. That's it. Yep. Suck it up. The answer is no. And you're SOL. Because if you defy that, holy crap, then you're really in for trouble. You got two options at that point. Accept it and move on. (laughs) Don't accept it. Continue to do what you're going to do. And you'll have a lot, a lot of issues. Well, you know what my dad always said? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. So that's where that is. So first thing, I guess, is just why do you even want to ride? Now, for me... I'm not opposed to the club lifestyle. I'm a loner. Yeah. I mean, I am comfortable just being alone. I'm not comfortable with a big group of people. So I never thought out of respect for the club itself, even though I'm very friendly with several members, Mm -hmm. out of respect for them, I've decided, you know, that's, this is not for me. Therefore, it's not for you. I wouldn't be a good fit. Yeah. So are you, not you, Randy, but (laughs) when you're thinking about starting this, are you a good fit for this kind of lifestyle? Because when you get into an MC versus an RC, mm-hmm. an MC is everything. Yep. It is becomes a part of your life. Yes. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, it is for life. There are very <laughs> rare exceptions, and it does happen, but it is rare that you are out good. There's two different ways of getting out of a club. Out bad, you don't want that. And out good. Mm-hmm. And that can happen. I'm not saying no, that you can't never happen. It can. I'm not saying that it's are, never it's happened. It's an exception. Golly, it is so few and far between. So, you know, think long haul. Is, yeah. Am I willing to put this club, depending on the type of club, sometimes ahead of my family, ahead of my job, mm-hmm. ahead of everything, 24-7, yep. seven days a week, Yep, for Christmas sure. too. Oh, yeah. No days off, Holmes. But if you go this route and it fits for you, I can absolutely guarantee you that you will find no better brotherhood, no stronger family that will stand with you and behind you and in front of you than an MC if you are a good upstanding member. That's why it takes so much to get into these clubs. It's not just, hey, today I feel like being a club. Uh, Tomorrow, come on in. It It doesn't work. You got to earn it. Yeah, that's the reason why they're so close knit and just 
absolutely tight like that. It's, it's like having every, a stranger come up to your house, your family, and say, I want to be a part of your family. <laughs> Get the f*** out of here. Yeah, is what's going to happen. Yeah. You have to be invited. Yep. If yep. you want to go the route of saying, well, I don't want to start a club. I'll just see if I can join a club. Well, that's fine. But that's a whole different process and a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's completely different. And like, it's not a thing where you, I'll be in the club tomorrow. It could take year or more. Oh yeah, you got to go through absolutely living hell to be accepted, because if you're gonna say just a quick side thing on it, if you're gonna prospect for a one percent club or any other club for that matter, they're gonna put you through the paces because the last thing they want to do is say, oh yeah, you've got as much access as we do, and then tomorrow you're like, eh, never mind. No, they, they want to find out what your quality of character is. Yeah, they want to see true dudes that are there for everything and want to be there so bad that they're gonna go through all this BS to be there. Exactly. So if you want to start a club, good on you. Yep. Make sure you know what your motivations are and do it right. There are a lot of places you can go online, I would imagine. You can find anything yeah, online. I, I guess there's that, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and read about what requirements are. There's nothing wrong with getting a hold of a club before you even have your requirements and finding somebody, sergeant in arms, a road captain, a vice president, or don't ever go to the president. No. Uh, that's that's disrespectful. But somebody that's not just a lowly bottom of the rung right. and ask them, this is what we're thinking. What would you like from us? And then when we get it, can we set up a meeting? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But one thing I will mention, if you're out and about and you do see some club members, don't just run up to them and start talking. <laughs> yeah. Particularly if they're having a conversation amongst themselves. Yeah. No, that's just common sense and rude. You wouldn't do that on any other occasion. Yeah, there's definitely a channel that you have to go through to make this thing happen. And I don't know any clubber that's going to talk to you about shit out there, just walk up off the street. So Yeah, I know. if it was never, me, I would approach it like anything. if you got the opportunity to speak to one of these guys, I guess it would make it short, simple, and to the point, say, listen, don't want to take up your time. I know you're busy, but we're thinking about starting a club. We have some ideas with regards to bylaws, logos, mm-hmm. things like that. Is there a time that maybe we can, can get together with somebody from your organization to find out what it is you would like to see from us so we can accommodate your... Yeah, yeah. And um, make it... That's just... A, what did that take? 15, 20 seconds? Yeah. And this is the thing. You can't do it cold. And I mean, I guess you can. It's whatever. Just Ideally, you got to know somebody. So it's not one of those things that they're stopped filling up fuel and you get out of your freaking Prius and run up to them and say, hey, you're a club. What about this? No, it's most every time I've seen it taken that avenue, you're at a rally, you're at an event, you're at something like that. You've been in their presence for an extended period of time. And by chance, you have to be in the same place. Maybe that chance is pre-organized by you you know you're at the bar you're at a food stand or whatever like that and you make casual conversation and if they're receptive to it then you build a little bit of rapport and then you ask them the question be like hey i noticed you're from the same area i am you know i was kind of wanting to start a club and right then and there if you want to be a one percent club let it be known or if you want to be a riding club, let it be known. Be like, hey, we're starting a riding club. You know, we've got this many people that are interested in it. All we do is, you know, get together every Sunday and we go for a ride of that afternoon. Um, but we want to wear patches and we want to make sure that it's okay with you to do that. 
and then see what they say. And if they're like, well, I'm not the guy you need to talk to, just be like, okay, well, this is my name. This is my number. You get it to whoever you need to get it to. You know, we just don't want to step on any toes. You got to be almost. They will get back to you. Yeah. You, you have to legitimately be like, Hey, we're at your mercy here. We want to do this, but we want to make sure it's okay with you because we don't want to upset you in any way. Dad, can I borrow the car for the night? Yeah, pretty much. It's what he says goes. Yeah, grown men doing that, but it's just the way it is. It is. So there's that. Now, last week we gave away a um, riding jacket and a uh, gift certificate for Lake of the Ozarks Harley Davidson. Uh, We're going to give away another one at the end of the month. So be sure to go to our website, randomthoughtsfromtheroad.com, and sign up for the free giveaway. I think we've got a nice leather vest. And again, a gift card. No obligation. We don't sell your information. We just want to give away stuff. If you have a problem with that, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So, and if you think uh, that it's worth your time and you'd like to help support the website, we'd appreciate that too. But of course, there's no obligation there whatsoever. Anyways, until next time, think about what we said. Just don't be stupid and you'll be all right. There's be more respectful. To, yeah, there's more to life than just you and what you want. Yeah, if you get the thumbs down, you can still ride. Oh, yeah. yeah You're just not that. wearing patches. Right. And I ask, what's it freaking matter anyway? Exactly. <laughs> I ride. I don't wear a patch. Well, I do too. My patch, it says victory on the back. Mm, that's why they're like, oh, that guy's a douche. Don't worry about him. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Victor Indian guys. Randy's last episode. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. We've got a neat episode coming up next time, and I'm very excited about it. What did we do today? You talking about the clutch install? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. We put in, on my Victory, an EFM auto clutch. Yes. Why would you do that? Well, I'm putting on a jockey shift. Mm-hmm. Randy wrote it today a little bit, and when we get done with the podcast, I'm going to go ride. He thinks it's slick. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. There's there's so many places where this works for people. Yeah. I mean, you're getting older and you have issues with balance, things like that. What are you saying? I'm just saying I'm starting with that avenue. You want to go the custom route and you want to do some suicide <laughs> shift. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's so many avenues in the motorcycle world where this, this may or may not work for you, but... It's pretty slick-ass clutch. Yeah, so give me a couple of weeks to try it out, and then we'll come back with a a full review, review on this. And uh, so far, I'm very excited. Hell, I've been dreaming about this for two or three weeks. Most people dream about big asses, big tits. Craig dreams about motorcycles. It's just how that's, he that's is. It is. That's, <laughs> what are you going to do? Sorry, women. All right. So until then, stay on two wheels, keep riding, and enjoy life.